It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Happy Tuesday, Bengals fans, and on Tuesday, we're doing Mock Draft Monday this week, which is super exciting, and we're we're excited to go a different direction, perhaps, with the Mock Draft Monday this week, but as we sat down to record today's episode, the news finally came out. Diana Russini of ESPN reports that Vontez Perfect has been cut. This is something that we have been expecting. We sort of, every time we've talked about the Bengals cap situation, we sort of included, there's probably another five and a half million dollars here from the eventual move of Vontez Perfect, whether that's a trade if they found that Paul Gunther in Oakland was willing to give up a sixth, seventh round pick for him, or if it was just the inevitable release. It sounds like trade talks that we talked about yesterday and Ian Rappaport reported today didn't materialize into anything. And so the Bengals just released Burfecht today. And as as I tweeted, he will have a $1.8 million dead cap hit and a 5.5 or so million dollar cap savings. A lot of fans are asking already, what are we going to do with the money, Cincinnati Bengals? Are you going to sign Vinny Curry? Are you going to sign Danny Shelton? Are you going to go out and sign Zach Brown? Who's going to be the starting linebackers? And to all of that, I would say that Outside of having another five and a half million dollars to spend, of which they might spend, they might spend all of it, or they might spend like four million dollars of it. Nothing has really changed. I, I don't know if they're in the Zach Brown sweepstakes or not at this point. Joe, what do you think? I haven't heard anything on Zach Brown at all, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see it, where that picks up. He's bounced around from a few teams while he's always played very well. He's a bit of a knucklehead, also, and that's why he continues to bounce around. So that would be something to to be aware of. And I think he was scheduled to make almost $9 million last year. So it would be uh, probably a decent contract to sign a Zach Brown. But again, we haven't heard anything on him. The Bengals haven't brought in any linebackers. And I talked about this on yesterday's pod. They seem to be bringing in every position or at least being interested in every position, but linebacker to this point, especially when you look at it in terms of needs. And it makes me wonder if they are just going to get hyper-focused on that position position for the draft. That doesn't mean 11. It can mean 42 also the way they, they've done it in the past. They've, they've focused on center and took Billy Price at 21. They focused on receiver and took Tyler Boyd in the second round after trying to take one in the first round and then also taking one the following year at number nine. So they do this. This, isn't, this is normal for them. Uh, but having said that, they may use the money for Danny Shelton or Vinnie Curry. And I think 
everyone would be okay with that. And I don't think they would cost either one of them. I hope not. I hope when it costs five and a half million, but uh, maybe together they could be in that range or a little bit above that. And I, I think I can get, get on board with that idea. Yeah, if that's what it is, then that's great. Uh, I'm perfect before we move on to the mock draft. We're not going to spend much time talking about this. I think everybody is pretty aware of the issues with Vontez Perfect saying on the Cincinnati Bengals with a new coach in town. Uh, he hasn't been a reliable player. We've talked about that a lot. He's had a history of concussions, neck stingers, suspensions. He brought a lot of negative attention to the Bengals. I might be able to watch Steelers games again uh, because Vontez Perfect won't be there in the circus surrounding Vontez Perfect and the Steelers won't be there. But on top of that, his play has really slipped. And according to Cat Terrell, uh, players and uh, opponents and coaches have all said, you know, his effort isn't there anymore. He's he's out there freelancing. And Joe, you said this is really apparent too. Oh, it was easy to see on tape. There were plays, I can think of numerous plays off the top of my head where he was doing whatever he wanted to do. He went rogue last year. He went turbo, if you if you watch uh, Wreck-It Ralph. And he did whatever he wanted, and he did it half-assed at the same time. And it wasn't just opposing players that saw it. It was Bengals defenders that saw it. And he had issues with some of them and rumors and reports and hints that there were some things going on in the locker room that – Everyone wasn't on board with with Vontez Perfect, and because of it, I definitely think this move was coming and had to come. And they tried to shop him and could not because I don't. Jake, you think he may have some value out there? I'm not sure. There's me many teams lining up to sign Vontez Perfect. I, I think that the most obvious landing spot is in Oakland. Obviously, back with Paul Gunther, somebody that's coached him before. There's maybe a long shot that. He has some Mike Zimmer connection, but I, I don't think that that is likely. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you go back two years, he was a productive player, but you also look at some of the pictures. Uh, I think Paul Dana retweeted an old picture from Kareem Elgazar, who I apologize if I'm not saying your name right, Cincinnati Inquirer photographer, uh, of Marvin holding Vontez back, I think, after the playoff loss to Pittsburgh in 2015. And uh, you, you kind of wonder if any coach will be able to rein him in at all uh, with if it's not Marvin Lewis. And Marvin wasn't even able to do it here last year. Right. As with any player, I, I wish Vontez the best, to be honest. I, I hope that he stays healthy. I hope that yep. if there's anything going on mentally from the concussions, if his bra- I hope his brain is healthy is, is what I'm getting at there. Um, I wish him the best. I, you know, I hope he lands on his feet. I hope he learns to play within the rules and play effectively within the rules. But, uh, yeah, I think for the Bengals, I think it's a good move. I think it's a no-brainer move, and let's move on. Yep, let's go to Mock Draft Monday. Yeah, Mock Draft Monday. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. So today we are going to be using Matt Miller of Bleacher Report's board. We're moving away for one week at least from the mock draft machine at the draft network not that we don't like the draft network we're just trying something different gonna go with matt miller's board here the other teams are using random boards just to add some variance to it because if all the teams are working from the same board a that's not realistic and b that makes things a little too predictable so yep. we're gonna go ahead and start round one we're not gonna take trades this week either we're gonna go in with this new approach and we're gonna see where we end up so as things are rolling here, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Jonah Williams at three, which is early for him. Kyler Murray at four. 
Byron Murphy, the corner at five to Tampa, Dwayne Haskins at six at Oliver at seven, DeAndre Baker corner to Detroit at eight. Quinton Williams goes all the way down at nine and Greedy Williams at 10. So for the Bengals, this is perfect if you're playing for 2019 and then you're taking Devin White and and going home. I think even if you're looking future-wise because the outlook on the linebacker position isn't great either. So Devin White is a pick for now and the future. Other things to consider here. And honestly, I think I'm on White here. And and part of that is because in mocks that I've done lately, Devin White has been gone at four or five every single time. And I've been like, all right, I'll take Devin Bush here. Uh, Other guys, though, here, Hawkinson, we've talked about on the podcast before, Brian Burns. Yep. Uh, Rashawn Gary, who Pro Football Focus would tell you is not a first-round prospect, but people who like to, to draft athletic uh, defensive linemen would tell you has a very projectable future. And then there's some other tackles, Jawan Taylor, Andre Dillard. Well, let's DK talk Metcalf. about tackle, right? Are you still open to drafting a tackle at 11, even though he's probably going to sit the way Cedric Oboye and Jake Fisher did? Right, it's less appealing, right? And and even yeah. the idea that I've previously mentioned of, of drafting a guard and moving him to tackle in year two is less appealing because now they have John Miller at guard. So then you're talking about moving on from Clint Bowling potentially, which, as I said yesterday, doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. It's not it's not efficient. So Yeah, I'm, I, I'm like you. I've pulled away from tackle at 11. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Jonah Williams is still there, it's going to be hard for me to not take him. Uh, but in this scenario, he's he's gone at number three. Devin White's still there. Really, for me, this is an easy scenario and probably the best case scenario. Home run. Let's high five and get out of here. Yeah, I think this is probably the floor for Devin White. And I think it's Devin White. Yeah, in my opinion, he comes in now. He's your weak side linebacker while uh, moving into probably middle linebacker and nickel defense. It's probably Devin White and Nick Vigil taking the major- majority of snaps at this point with uh, Preston Brown being your base inside linebacker. Now, having said that, with B- Perfect released also, there is a chance that Brown wears the radio helmet with the green sticker on it, and he's out there every play. And it's not Devin White, and it's Vigil and Brown until White is caught up or up to speed halfway through the year, and then it's maybe Devin White and uh, Preston Brown. But I do think there is a scenario where White isn't taking every snap early in his career. They might also have Vigil wearing the green sticker. Sure, uh, hasn't he, he done, he's done that? it before? Yeah, he, when when Brown and uh, and Perfect were out, Vigil wore it, and then Vigil got hurt, and then Nickerson wore it. So really, it's been hard to judge and tell. When well, in the year before that, when it was Perfect uh, and Vigil supposed to be the two nickel linebackers, uh, and when Perfect got hurt, it was Vigil wearing the radio helmet until he got hurt. So really, they haven't had the opportunity to fully let him do it, but he has done it in the past. So it might be Vigil, which would let Devin White play whenever Devin White wants to play, because Vigil's a guy that almost certainly is on the field for every down unless he's hurt. Uh, Back to the draft here. You ready to go back to the draft? Yeah, hit the play button. Let's keep going. Uh, Any uh, good picks? Next few picks, Cody Ford, Brian Burns to Miami, Noah Fant to Atlanta, Montez Sweat, Rashawn Gary, Jawan Taylor, tackle target for the Bengals, goes at 18 to Minnesota. Drew Lott goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. That one's interesting. Dalton Reisner to Philly at 25. Jeffrey Simmons to Oakland at 27. TJ Hawkinson to Green Bay, which they're dreaming on that at 30. I know, right? And then the Patriots take Irv Smith right after. They'd be uh, 
uh, you know, to miss out on Hawkinson one pick away, that's what's pretty wild in my opinion. The LA Rams draft somebody named O'Shane, O'Shane Zimenez. Have yeah. you heard of him? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. All right. But that I don't would, think he's a first rounder. That that's like the the that's a Seattle level head scratcher for me. Seattle does kind of play off their own board, don't they? Yeah. They don't care what you say. So we're going to round two. We got Devin White at eleven. I think this is so far we're starting off exactly the way we want. We got a starter. We've got someone at an impact position or an impact player at a need position, I'm sorry. Uh and on the news of releasing Burfecht, that is the best way to handle this is by taking that linebacker right now. Just to reset for the second round then in terms of players available, because we know you can't see our screen out there when you're listening. On Matt Miller's board, the next five guys, they're his top five available, Taylor Rapp, safety, Washington. Ole Miss receivers, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Devin Bush, still there from Michigan. And his fifth best player available is Jonathan Abrams, safety from Mississippi State. Looking at tackle, because I know you're all concerned about tackle, his next three tackles are Titus Howard, Greg Little, and Yadni Kajust. Max Sharping is a favorite of the podcast. He's there, uh, the sixth best tackle, 99 on Matt Miller's board. So here we go. Round two is rolling. A.J. Brown goes off the board immediately. Taylor Rapp next. Devin Bush next. D.K. Metcalf at 36. And now we, the Bengals, are on the board. We've seen three receivers go. We've seen Devin Bush go. Two no guys tackles. I would have been interested in, Nikhil Harry and Dr- Draymond Jones. Only Harry because, you know, I do think he can go much higher than this, but Draymond Jones would be that interior pass rusher that I'd like to get. And I hope, in real life, I hope he's there in the third round, and I think that could happen. He might also go in the second round. He might, but he tested a little bit worse than what you would want. And and Matt Miller, I think, his board hasn't changed a ton a ton since there there have obviously been adjustments. Elton Jenkins, for example, at fifty two right now, his board hasn't changed a ton from the combine results, which is why right. some of these guys might be where they are. So looking uh here, what position, Joe, are we looking at first? Or are we just looking at who's available and going from there? Yeah, I mean, we're really in a position now, if we're looking at the Bengals for 2019, they're in an advantageous situation now. They got the linebacker to fill one of the last few remaining holes on the team, you know, for at least for fielding a team in 2019. Uh, Looking future-wise, they could use a lot of positions, and they could still use uh, offensive line. If there's a guy there that's clearly best player available, which looking at the board, there isn't right now. I mean, I like Garrett Bradbury, but they are committing to Billy Price at center with the moves they've made. Uh, so then I'd look at nickel corner. I'd look at defensive end or defensive tackle, so uh, hopefully a pass rusher. And I'd look at tight end still, but I think the way it's gone, there's not tight end value here. So I think we have to start looking more open and saying, okay, best player available that could help you this year or – Someone down the line, like in my opinion, if Jeffrey Simmons was still there because he's been hurt, I'd be all about that. I don't believe he is. I think he did go, yeah, uh, first round 27 to the Raiders. So Raiders are taking a chance on a, on a D tackle. So for me, what's that corner? What's that quarterback? I'm, I'd am i still look at wide receiver, in my opinion, because both guys are not signed at this point. And I think a guy like Hakeem Butler, who's re- really high on this board, he's rated 38 on, on the board, uh, 
Tall guy with rare agility. He played a lot of slot. He played a lot on the outside last year. I think he's a really good route runner for a big guy. Honestly, he moves like A.J. Green, which is a rare thing to say because those tall guys normally can't get get in and out of their breaks the way they can. And for me, if we're still to believe, and I think we should still believe that there was some truth to the John Ross trade stuff, uh, and with both the number one and two receiver not having extensions while we're drafting right now, and it may be that way when they draft, we should look at receiver. Yeah, I really like Hakeem Butler here. In terms of excitement, in terms of rare traits, in terms of future potential number one stuff, and and he has a versatility. Like you said, he played at, uh, he played inside, he played in the slot at Iowa State until his senior year. Yeah. Or most recent year. I don't know if he's actually a senior. Yeah, the other guy I'd be interested in because I think he could come in and be their nickel corner day one, and it's not too big of a reach right here uh, based on the board, is Justin Lane from Michigan State. I also like uh, uh, Juan Thornhill. He's a safety, but I think he can play some corner. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson also. If you want a safety, that can also play corner, corner, especially nickel corner. There's a few of those guys. Uh, Other on the top of the board, Trayvon Mullen and uh, Sean Bunting. Nasir Adderley also was a guy that considered that can do the safety nickel corner hybrid thing. Yeah, Thornhill this morning... Uh, has some clips out there of him playing. He played outside corner for Virginia before he moved to safety. Yeah, so he could he could double as that. Uh, really, this board right here isn't. Nobody is screaming at me that we have to make a pick. In my opinion, I I think there's a lot of. Well, we should look at the best player available. Also, look at future needs. And I think this in real life, I think they could take a corner here. I don't think it's outrageous for them to do that. Uh, I think they could take an offensive lineman that's maybe needs a little bit of development, and we're looking at um, Greg Little, Yanni Kajus. Uh, yeah, I don't Howard. know. Where, sure, Titus Howard's another developmental guy. What are you thinking? I'm thinking Akeem Butler. I like Akeem Butler. I do too. I really like Akeem Butler, and I think he could. And that's the thing: is does that mean we're automatically letting go of AJ Green? Does it automatically mean we're we're not going to resign Tyler Boyd? No, I don't think so. I think you could still sign both those guys, but the way uh, Ross has played so far leaves some doubt in our head still. Plus, those guys have been hurt. I mean, last year all three got hurt at some point and missed time. I think number four receiver is a big need on the team, and one of those guys or multiple of those guys might not come back. So right. in the case of one of them isn't re-signed, Hakeem Butler is your young guy for the future, has slot versatility. The The only reason I wouldn't take Butler, so Butler is kind of like a best player available kind of pick, right? And then you yeah. just kind of deal with the roster outcome from there, is if you think one of these corners is, you know, potentially higher ceiling, can yeah. replace a Michigan State guy with a Michigan State guy and Justin Lane potentially. And I'm just now diving deep into corners, and I waited because, I, you know, if they had Jackson, Kirkpatrick, and Denard locked up, then it's not going to be a position of high draft pick. But now it could definitely, second round, I would not be surprised if the Bengals go a corner here in real life. Mm -hmm. And I will have favorites probably really soon, within the next week or two. And so I may feel much differently next week when we do this, where I'm like, no, give me Trayvon Mullen from Clemson. Let's go pound the table. You know, I will have a different opinion. But as the board is right now, and with with my knowledge of these players, I have no problem going Hakeem Butler. So we'll go Hakeem Butler here in the second round, and Bengals fans everywhere saying, well, I guess you don't care about 2019. And let's see how the rest of the second round goes. We'll and call it's, it... I wouldn't say we don't care about 2019 taking a pick like that. I think the Bengals have secured their 
2019 roster for the most part, just by looking at it right now. By us adding Devin White, where else could a rookie come in and play and play big minutes? And I don't think there are many positions. I think it's corner if they beat out B.W. Webb, if someone gets hurt. And I also think it's potentially on the defensive line as an interior rusher. Uh, and it could be as the fourth receiver because we we got to the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver plenty of times last year, and that should be expected to continue. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, some notable picks here in the second round, which is now completed in our simulator. Jermaine Pratt, as early as I've seen him drafted at 213 yeah. to Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Paris Campbell, the Ohio State speedster, at 219 to Tennessee. Mac Wilson gets all the way to Pittsburgh at 220, which is pretty wild. Uh, Chase Winovich, the edge rusher from Michigan that Pro Football Focus likes better than his teammate Rashawn Gary to New England at 24. That's a Patriots pick all the way. Oh, yeah. And he would be very productive there, I think. Uh, Greg Little, 228 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Garrett Bradbury goes all the way down at 229 to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Dexter Lawrence, the next guy, too. He's mm-hmm. the best nose tackle in this draft, hands down. And he may end up being a stud nose tackle type. Now, you can't take those guys in the first round. But in the second round, I'm not a completely against that. Late second round, too, for New Orleans there at 230. So we are going to get into the third round after an advertising break. And then we'll finish it out after that. Stick around. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers 
have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It is Mock Draft Monday. We are on a fan speak mock. We just finished the second round, heading into the third round now. Our first two picks to recap Devin White, linebacker out of LSU. And then we took a BPA kind of future pick and wide receiver Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. Uh, So now we're going to press start on the third round, really see where the board's going to take us. I think the Bengals are in position here to take best player available, look at future needs, look how some look how someone may uh, help them, not just in 2019, but in 2020 and beyond. And I, you know, I think that's the goal. And someone, a lot of people have said that to me this week. Do you think the Bengals are just signing these low end guys so that they can open the draft and draft best player available? And I would hope that's the, the plan. If that's the plan, then, then I like it. And I think, that's how you end up with the best drafts. What do we have here? Well, we have some of the guys that I was looking at in the third round gone already. Justin Lane, who we were talking about with our second round pick, went 3-1 to Arizona. Pittsburgh gets 3-2, Juan Thornhill. Yanni Kajust goes 3-5 to Jacksonville. Elton Jenkins goes 3-6 to Tampa. Christian Miller, edge rusher from Alabama that was injured but productive when he was on the field, 3-4 to New York Jets. Uh, That looks like the notable stuff to talk about from the top of the third round. Actually, David Edwards to another tackle goes at 3-7. So a couple tackles go right before we pick as the Bengals. So looking at the tackles available, Max Sharping, Kayla McGarry are the top two. I really like Sharping in the third round for a developmental guy who could take over in a year or two. Yeah, I think McGarry's a guard also, so... Okay. Looking at defensive interior, Gerald Willis from Miami sitting at the top of the board there. Zach Allen, Boston College. Joe, what's standing out to you here? I think there's a few guys here that jump out as players I've targeted that are also near the top of the board. And one of them is 
Chris Lindstrom, we've tried to draft him before. He's a guard out of Boston College, still here in the third round. I think it's very possible he goes in the second round when the real thing comes around. A uh, couple other guys to me, Kalen Saunders, Charles Amenehu, if we want. Amenehu's more of an edge guy that'll kick inside and, and rush the passer. If he does get to that point, I think he's he's a much better run defender right now on the edge than he is pass rusher. So he's interesting. I've loved Kalen Saunders for a long time. We've gotten him later in in drafts. I think there's a very real chance he is a third-round type guy. But this is a very meaty defensive tackle class, especially once we get into this range. So I'm open to a lot of things. I'm even starting to look at running back and quarterback. I would take Will Greer here, to be honest with you. I think he's a great roll of the dice in the third round. I like Will Greer here, too, especially for talking about a reset button. I have talked before on this podcast about my affinity for Will Greer at this value. But that does mean you're passing on looking at the running backs here. Damian Harris, Alabama is one name that stands out. Daryl Henderson, Memphis. Yeah. Henderson's really, really good. Would be a successor for uh geo. If nothing else. Yeah. And I think he's got a little more strength to him than that. If any, I think he's, Maybe closer to Elvin Kamara, and I know Kamara is one of the best backs in the league right now. I just mean because that strength and when he's breaking tackles, and and I want to say even a little bit of Kareem Hunt, both those guys, mid round guys. So there's a lot here that the Bengals could do or we could do, and I wouldn't be mad at it. What's that defensive back corners and safeties? David Long, Michigan. You talked about yep. him. I have, and David Long has interested me for a while. I think he can be a, a good nickel corner in the NFL. And, uh, you know, if that's what we're looking for, I still like, you know, we're getting into the range where Darius Phillips is a good option. David Long at the Combine was just under 5'11", 196 pounds. Uh, he tested really well in terms of his 40 was a 4.45, so he passes that threshold. He had a 39.5-inch vertical a 120 broad jump, his three cone, 6.45. So he's got the agility also. I mean, that's 97 percentile for three cone, and his shuttle was a uh, 397. So that puts him also in 89 percentile. He, his top comparables, Cody Sensabaugh, Stefan Gilmore, uh, Philip Gaines, he's had a career, Jair Alexander, Eric Rowe. I really mm. like Long. I think, you know, in this spot where the Bengals could add definitely some talent here at corner. For me, I think one of the best nickel guys, too, is David Long. Do you think the NFL values a predominantly nickel guy in the third round? I do. I think this is where you potentially get the best. Or when the if a guy is, we're saying, is predominantly nickel, and I think he may be able to play on the outside, too, even though he's a little shorter and, and you know, uh, maybe the ball skills aren't completely there all the time. But I think Long and guys like him that where teams view him as, you know, he just may only be a nickel guy. I think once you get into the third round is where they go. Okay. Well, we've Did talked about all, on him. We've talked about a lot of options. I am looking at it and thinking, I mean, I don't know where the NFL values values long, but I'm kind of thinking maybe, you know, maybe he'll be there around later. Maybe we would go Will Greer. Maybe we go defensive line. Who, who's your first pick here? If it was me, and I'm trying to look at this board and trying to stay with this board because I want to believe I'm going best player available uh, and staying in there and, and, and keeping, an, keeping an idea of, yeah, someone may get hurt at this spot. Let's make sure we're, we're good at all positions. For me, I would say, 
you know, Eric McCoy up there at center. I think people would freak out if they took another center. I think Chris Lindstrom is a starting guard in his own scheme. I like Max Sharping here. I would pound the table for Will Greer because I think he's a great um, risk at this point or, or chance. And I honestly, I like David Long and Kalen Saunders. That's a lot of names. I asked you for one. You're making. I don't. This I don't want to give you one. I want to give you a few guys that I like. And I'm why do I have to make every pick? I make. You I make all the make, picks. How did you make all the picks? You we made me, agreed you on made Devin me White. Make the second round pick. I didn't make you do that. I yeah, you did. Talked about Hakeem Butler also. I feel like you're putting me on the spot. I'm not putting you on the spot. I would, for me, because I like the depth at D tackle, so I'm going to bypass it. I think if we're looking for developmental O lineman, fourth round is good for that also. Uh, if we're looking for tight ends, I think fourth, fifth round is better. I think once you get into fourth, fifth, sixth round for quarterbacks, you're definitely looking at a backup. And I think at corner, if we get into the fourth, fifth, sixth round at corner, we're probably drafting someone similar to Devontae Harrison and Phillips. So that makes me want to wait on D tackle, not wait on corner. If you're following me, wait on tight end, not wait on quarterback. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to David Long and Will Greer, and then I'm taking Will Greer. Feel free. I think that's fun. I think that Will Greer gives you a chance. And if we want to sell on Will Greer right now, here's what he does. He is a gunslinger. Now, he doesn't have on tape. He doesn't have the arm strength and and the mobility of those top end guys. But he will try to make a play. He will try to move around. He'll try to break the pocket. When things go off script, he's actually really cool, calm, and collective. So he's kind of the anti-Andy Dalton. Now he'll make a lot of bonehead plays off script also. But so did Pat Mahomes in a lot of ways. So when he came to the Senior Bowl and then the Combine and both radar guns said he had a very strong arm, it opened my eyes a little bit. Like, okay, maybe his arm's a little bit better. And then he tested decently well as an athlete, you know, uh, above average slightly. So I said, okay, so maybe he is a better athlete than expected. And it made me reevaluate what I saw on tape. So I go back to his production analytics now because I saw it with my eyes and I liked those parts. The good parts I like. The bad parts are bad, obviously. Uh, but the production analytics say he's got potential to be an all-pro, Pro Bowl-type quarterback. And we're in the third round. I think that's a good risk to take. Mm-hmm. Like if he, play, if he pans out, then you hit on a quarterback in the third round. And you see what Seattle was able to do when they hit with a quarterback in the third round. They and what the Cowboys... Cowboys should have been able to do it, but they still had Tony Romo on, on the cap when he had to retire, and they still owed him money for a couple of years. Looking at the rest of the third round, Gerald Willis did go the next pick to New England at 3-9. Chris Lindstrom, 3-14 to Miami. Zach Allen to Atlanta, the next pick. Charles Amenahue to Cleveland, the next pick. A uh, couple running backs are gone. David Long. David Long, yeah, your corner goes to Dallas at 26, and Max Sharping at 330 to Los Angeles Rams. So, Tyree Jackson to Redskins also. Yeah, so a few targets that we were looking at hopefully getting maybe or pining for in the fourth round go late third. Of course they do. So let's jump into the fourth round and see... Maybe we can find somebody uh, still at a at corner. Maybe we can get a defensive tackle that can help a pass rush. Maybe we can get to tight end. So I can bleak at some of those positions, but let's see what happens here. Now, D tackle still looking really good. I love Kalen Saunders, oh, Rennell right. Wren, two different sure. players, but I think both guys really help. I think linebackers still. Now we can take another linebacker, right? Gary Johnson, Sione Takitaki. 
Uh, Tavion Conley from Notre Dame. Ben Burke Irvin from Washington. Mm-hmm. All options here. Any of these corners, guys, that you like still? I think all your favorites got, got picked there. And I know you haven't gotten into it yet. Right. There's still some guys that I remember from the Senior Bowl and guys that I like. Two guys that still jump out at me. One is Corey Ballantyne and Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland's my guy. He is a nickel corner with great ball skills. Okay. So Jimmy Moreland, I think a name to keep in mind for later? Yeah, one more round. We can wait on Moreland. Looking at defensive line, Kalen Saunders is a guy that I, I think a lot of people that are doing these mock drafts love picking Kalen Saunders. And if we want to go in a different direction, Renell Wren's more of a nose tackle with a little bit of pop and juice in him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Wren went a little bit higher than this. Mm-hmm. Jay Sternberger there in the fourth round, too. He didn't Ooh. test great at the combine, but I know you I like, like his tape. But the, the only problem here is there's still a few guys that I think could be interesting. And some people like C.J. Conrad. Uh, some really like Drew Sample. He had no drops last year, and I think he's a good blocker. Josh Oliver, I think, is an athletic guy that can receive San Jose State. And then he looked down a little bit more. Foster Morrow out of LSU, really good blocker, maybe one of the best blockers in this draft for at tight end. But he also tested way better than expected. A lot of people believe maybe there's more to him uh, than we thought. That's how you get a George Kittle. And, you know, mid rounds that came out of Iowa, he didn't have a lot of production. He was mainly a blocker. And then the the 49ers get a top tight end. I'm not saying Foster Moreau is going to be that, but that's the formula for getting one. So we have a few options there. I just wanted to look real quick at our offensive tackle information. William Sweet is a tackle that we still need to look at. Graded well at Pro Football Focus. Hits a few of the... Uh, the thresholds, uh, that's potentially a later round tackle option. Looking just to tackle because I know Bengals fans really are looking at offensive tackle in this draft. Chuma Adoga also. Chuma Adoga is the other one that stands out for me here. Let's let's look real quick, though, at potential slot corner kind of options. Amani Hooker from Iowa. He's a safety, but he looks like he could play some slot. And he does play a lot of slot in, at Iowa. Uh very typical for him to come down and cover the slot guy. He tested really well at the combine, really got on everyone's radar. But when you go back and watch him, high-level intelligence and awareness, especially in zone, he takes out combo routes and can jump up, jump different routes and has a great feel for the, the how offenses are attacking him and what routes and progressions he should be getting on. Uh, when you pull up his testing and put him at corner – he one of his top comparables. I think the third one is Darquez Denard. So very similar build, very similar in terms of athleticism. But he's also played safety, which Denard would have probably made a, a decent safety. And we've talked before how the Bengals almost played Denard like a safety corner hybrid. Now we don't know if that'll continue with the new coaching staff, but I do think this gives them the opportunity also to give them a really good third safety potentially give them a nickel corner that's better than bw webb if or if webb falters while also maybe even if he plays safety we still have the option of bringing sean williams down to play linebacker at least sometimes right sure and i think that's valuable and we're looking at future needs because right now if they lose while i do like clayton fedulum and brandon wilson as the backups especially on special teams hooker would also probably be a great special teamer i would feel much more comfortable if they had a guy that was a little more versatile and could do more in their backup number three guy. And I think Hooker presents that. Yeah, and if you guys need to be sold on Amani Hooker, just put his name into Twitter. There's a couple of clips of him doing some pretty unreal things covering the slot in zone. 
So we're going to go Amani Hooker here to sure up backup safety, maybe slot corner of the future. We'll see how he would be used, but he's a playmaker in the secondary. And as we said, built like Darquez Denard if we need him to play the slot. Yep. And I think the fact that he can play slot is obviously one of the reasons we're interested in, and we like this pick. Uh, so that's two guys out of the state of Iowa. Yeah. And they don't like each other probably very much. No, they probably had some rivalry. Iowa-Iowa uh, State rivalry. One of those clips is Amani Hooker locking down Hakeem Butler on, what was it, a slant slant fade? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So they've gone against each other, and they would in practice in this scenario. So just to recap, is before we go into the fifth round here, we've taken Devin White, Hakeem Butler, Will Greer, and now Amani Hooker. This is going to be definitely our most different mock draft Monday. I, I think that's pretty true. Looking at some of the guys we were targeting in the earlier part of the fourth, Chuma Adoga, Jay Sternberger go back to back at twenty two, twenty three in the fourth yeah. round. Yeah, that's a bummer, huh? I would have yeah. been interested in those guys. Yeah, but there's still some names there. None of the rest of the guys that have gone off the board here in the fourth round have me that upset. Then I'm ready to get our Grady Jared in the fifth round if he's still there. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I, uh, do. You, I don't know why you're sad that we have to take him every I, time. I'm not. Can. It's just like... <laughs> It's it's this thing where this happens every year where there's somebody in the middle rounds where it's like, yeah, let's just get him in the fourth or the fifth, and then he's always there in mocks, and then in real life the Bengals are not. Although the Bengals were on it with Andrew Billings that one time and Carl Lawson that other They're time. They're on it all the time. Marvin Jones, and uh, last year they, they got two value picks with Malik Jefferson and Sam Hubbard. Yeah. Both, I mean, and if you looked at Matt Miller's big board from last year, both guys were in their top 32 in his top 32. So they got those guys in the third round. I can't tell you how many times I drafted Grady Jarrett in the fifth round of these things in 2015. So, And it's not unrealistic to take these players what – the unreal, unrealistic part can be is if we took them in every round, took the guy that was falling, and we have not done that yet. So I feel good about even in the fifth round here if we want to take the guy. I really like Jake knows. If you don't know, it's Kalen Saunders' defensive tackle. And I'm on board with Western it 100%. Illinois. Yeah, I'm on Kalen Saunders for sure. George Iloke is another one that was a very late pick. Darren Smith, another one that you really like that they got in the sixth round, and he's blowing it up in the AAF right And let me tell you about Deron Smith. Let me, let's go get a contract offer out there again. If you're a team and you've seen him, he's got three interceptions, I believe, uh, and that may have been before he had two last night or one last night, but he had three also come, come back this year or one he caught out of bounds, two other on penalties. Um, Deron Smith is going to be back in the league this year. He had back-to-back interceptions last week that were called back because of penalties on other players. That's that, that had nothing to do with the well one of them was pass interference but i think he makes the play anyway i think pro football focus is grading the alliance league right now and he's very very high and that's i mean not too surprising to to you or i so no, we're gonna no, go no. kalen saunders here just so that bengals fans know who we're not taking gary johnson linebacker texas sion takitaki linebacker byu ben burke linebacker Washington, all linebackers that would be reasonable at this point. Tight ends also. Yeah, I was just going to say tight ends, Zach Gentry, Michigan, CJ Conrad, Kentucky, Josh Oliver, San Jose State. Oliver and Conrad are both guys that we've talked about. And Foster Moreau is still there, the the mega athlete blocker from LSU. I want Kalen Saunders. Yeah, I'll give Kalen Saunders to you. I mean, I'm not mad at it, right? It's just... I feel like I'm hyping myself up for Kalen Saunders in the fourth or fifth round or at this point in the fifth round. And it's just, man, when that doesn't happen, 
But here's what could happen instead. The Bengals take him at 42 or in the third round. And guess what? People say, well, that was a reach. He went in these mocks in the fourth, fifth round every time. And I would say, I don't care. He's a player that I would target. If I if I had a big board, and I hope to create one by before the draft comes because I usually do, but I may only have 100 players on it, and Kalen Saunders is going to be on it and on the top half of it. Yeah. Of the players that I mentioned before we let the rest of the round roll, Sion Takitaki goes 519 to the Tennessee Titans. Gary Jennings, my man, West Virginia wide receiver to the Buffalo Bills. Right. Antoine Another Wesley. Another deep threat. Antoine Wesley, yeah. Antoine Wesley is a guy that I like in a Marvin Jones kind of mold. 527 to Dallas. I think that's a really good pick there for Dallas. And let's Ryan get Bates, on to the, the guard six. I talked about. We right. haven't taken an all lineman yet, have we? We still haven't taken one. No, we're we're neglecting the offensive line, just entirely. like they have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess when you sign two and draft one in the last calendar year, um, it makes it tough to to really draft that position. But now we're in the fifth round or sixth round. We have five picks. I'm sure we're going to take an offensive lineman or two. Five picks in the sixth round, and this will be the first time we do actually get into the sixth round. Vanell Rengo's first pick of the sixth round. So Kalen Saunders wouldn't have been there later for us. No. Lamont Galliard there. There's our backup center, man, from Georgia. I kind of think so. I think that's actually the no-brainer pick. He's Plus near just... the top of the board. He's 179, mm-hmm. and we're on pick 183. Uh, just quick, I want to know where tight end is because I don't want to come out of this draft without one. And I would, at this point, still take Sample, Oliver. Some people really like Wesco. Uh, West Virginia guy, you compare him with Will Greer since we're doing that, but also Foster Moreau with our next pick, if not now. Mm-hmm. And I like Jimmy Moreland, even though we got a nickel safety corner type. I'll take Jimmy Moreland also at corner. And of the remaining linebackers to double dip, Blake Cashman is still here, who some people think now is like a second or third round day two pick. And Ben Burkirvin, who I have stand for on this podcast quite a few times. Drew Tranquil, actually, also. Yep. I'd be interested down. in spending another linebacker pick here. Yeah, so we we can look at who's there maybe with the next one. I think Lamont Galliard is a value play here. He can play the interior line positions. He's uh, more of an athletic type, right, Joe? Uh, yes, he can be and because they played a lot of zone stuff. Uh, I don't think he is going to measure that athletic, but uh, Galliard found a way to win a lot of times. And he's got some power. When you put his name in and then go to videos on Twitter, Lamont Galliard, he's going to have a lot of plays where he just overpowers guys too. So we will take our first offensive lineman of the draft here at 6'10", and we pick again in 15 picks, and then we have three picks in, in at the end of the sixth round. So quite Miles a few Gaskin more. there, Washington running back. Mm-hmm. He's at the top of the board, and he's he just gone. went. So never mind. Benny Snell, Kentucky. I'll take him if he's still there at running back. And he's gone. Benny Snell to the Houston Texans. And now we're back on the board just a couple picks later. So looking at linebacker, Ben Burkirvin, uh Let's see, did Blake Cashman go? He did. He must have. No, he's there still. You're overlooking him. Oh, yeah. There he is. Blake Cashman, who Twitter seems to be in love with right now. Drew Tranquil from Notre Dame. Yeah, Tranquil's had some injuries, but he runs around like a nut. And he, at the very least, we're in the sixth round. These guys would be good special teamers. So, which of these linebackers do you like the most in the sixth round? You know, I would honestly take the tight end we want here, and then wait for, and then yeah. get another linebacker. Yeah, there's still just, a lot of options there. You're right. 
Yeah, and I'd say let's go Foster Moreau here and get a guy that can help you block because with Eifert and Uzama, I'd want a more of a wide tight end to back those guys up to because he may actually even get some playing time if we if we draft him. What about the tight ends on the end of the roster right now? The They're all Mason move Shrek. type guys. Yes. Yeah? Shrek okay. is a receiver type. Seathan Carter is a move type guy. And then Jordan Franks is a move type guy. So they don't have a wide tight end on the roster. It's going to be Uzama at a default as of right now. So drafting a uh, Foster Moreau definitely helps that spot. And we miss on Bember Curvin, who goes to the Steelers at 634, which I'm not very happy about. But I guess at this point <laughs> in the draft, you're not too worked up about it. Is it fair to take Blake Cashman here since we've already taken Kalen Saunders? I don't think it is fair. I honestly, I think Drew Tranquil could actually be there and yeah. would be a special teamer and give you a little bit of athleticism. Uh, at the same time, I think we could look at running back. I think we can look at uh, edge. Uh, so I'm open to a lot of things. I like West Hills. I think uh, go back to running back again. Where's my guy out of Utah? Utah State, Darwin Thompson, but he's probably going to be an even later pick. Max Crosby is somebody a lot, a lot of people like out of Eastern Michigan, so he's a small school pass rusher. Hmm. Kingsley Kiki is still there, Texas A&M. And so is John Kaminsky, Charleston. If I want to take a second, if I want to take a D two player, John Kaminsky looks like a lot of fun. And he tested really well at the combine. He's a DN that'll slide inside, rush from the interior spots. Uh, he's six foot five, two hundred eighty-six pounds. Has a long wingspan, long arms. He ran a four-six-nine, which is great. Had a good three cone and shuttle. I mean, honestly, he tested like a top-end athlete, especially for his size. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl, so he he was w- well known before even the the combine. I think for a D two guy that tests this well, there's a chance he goes even higher. But we're, here we are in the sixth round, and I think we can get a guy that play maybe plays the Michael Johnson role of an early down end kicks inside and rushes the passer. So I like John Kaminsky here. So we go John Kaminsky for the athletic upside, the guy who can play defensive end if he has to, but can be a nickel rusher as well. And Kalen Saunders is kind of that same mold, but in the sixth round, I'm not mad about double dipping there. And if Kalen Saunders is a starter of the future, then you have a backup or another nickel guy in John Kaminsky. Plus, Kaminsky should at least be a really good and fun special teamer for that size and that athleticism. And in this part of the draft, the Bengals pick 637, 638, and 640. So of our second of our back-to-back picks here, we're looking at offensive tackle. William Sweet is a guy from North Carolina who is very productive, a multi-year starter, hits the measurables for arm length and size, didn't have the best agility times, but no. he at least has the mold of a guy that could be a developmental player who was successful yeah. in the ACC at tackle for multiple years. Yep, 6'6", 313. He had long arms at 34 and 3 quarters. Uh, big hands also. And his his best drills at the combine were his vertical jump, 30 and a half inches, which is 80, 80th percentile. Uh, broad jump 111 inches is 90th percentile so he's got some explosion to him and some of his comparables are people that have played in the league like Eugene Monroe who was a I want to say he was a former first round pick Ricky Wagner uh, was a late rounder that ended up being a starter for the the uh, Ravens so I feel William Sweet is one of those guys I feel good about uh, I have P- actually PFF to, loved him right PFF loved him Ryan Royal Redlegs 
watched a bit and said that there's some nastiness to his game, would would be on board with William Sweet. I think especially in the sixth round. Sounds good to me. I think they definitely need still a swing tackle. Honestly, that's one of the needs that are still high on the team. We didn't get a chance to get one. But Sweet at least gives them a third or fourth guy. He should be on the active roster. And in the one pick between 37-38 and the Bengals linebacker Ryan Connolly, I think Wisconsin goes to the 49ers. And we're looking right at Drew Tranquil. I like Drew Tranquil. He was at the Senior Bowl first time I noticed him. Uh, but I did remember seeing him during the, the season also. Tranquil is, he's had injuries, and that's going to knock him down. But he's an athletic guy, and he's going to run around like his head's on fire. And sometimes that gets him in trouble. But I think at the very least, we're in the sixth round, remember. He is a should be a good special team kind of guy, and maybe potentially more than that. And, you know, I, he's somebody that I, I think could develop maybe into a weak side starting linebacker down the line. And he tested really well, too. I'm looking at his numbers. And everything is over 80th percentile, pretty much. Uh, 6'2", 234. But just his 40-yard dash, 4'5", 37.5 inch vertical, 112 broad jump. Those are all 80 percentile and higher. Uh, and it continues. A, a 6'9", 3 cone, which is great for a linebacker. Uh, 73 percentile. His shuttle, 82 percentile. Bench press, 95 percentile with 31 reps so he again we're taking a high upside athleticism guy that maybe he stays healthy and puts it together and that's been the theme i think of kalen saunders in the fifth foster moreau john kaminsky drew tranquil in the sixth a lot of athletic guys with upside that have some productivity to them at various levels with with john kaminsky being a d2 guy at the college level So that's going to do it. We're not going to do the seventh round in this mock draft. To recap, Devin White at 111. Bengals fans are jumping for joy. They're thrilled. Hakeem Butler at 210, a potential wide receiver of the future with versatility. A potential number one of the future with some versatility. He has the size. uh, Moves really well for his size, too. In the third round, Will Greer, the anti-Andy Dalton, as Joe has said a few times on this podcast, the gunslinger type that we haven't had in Cincinnati in a very long time, at least in my memory. It's been a lot of guys that operate within the system, I think, operate on script. Will Greer be a departure from that? I don't know if that necessarily fits Zach Taylor, actually, but it would be fun regardless, and and I think he could be a system guy. Yeah, and if Taylor brings a system and puts someone who is a little bit unorthodox into a system and and that marriage meets, well, then you get the best of both worlds. You get to control his system throws while also letting him make plays as needed. Yeah, and if, man, if Will Greer were to go to, like, New England or if if Andy Reid needed a quarterback still, those would be some interesting marriages. But I think we have to... He'd be the perfect backup for Mahomes. Yeah. And I think from the Bengals' perspective, with Zach Taylor being a new coach, you have to hope like he's going to be able to maximize with three quarterback coaches there. Alex Van Pelt's emphasis seeming to get Andy Dalton to look at more stuff off script. You'd have to hope that Will Greer be able to be successful in that quarterback room. In the fourth round, we go Monty Hooker, safety from Iowa. Might ask him to play some nickel corner, can contribute on special teams with nothing else, built similarly to Darquez Denard. Kalen Saunders, uh, draft Twitter favorite in the fifth round from Western Illinois, smaller guy in the Grady Jarrett, Geno Atkins, Aaron Donald mold. 
Not saying he's going to be any of those guys, but he has the traits to be a similar player. And then in the sixth round, Lamont Galliard, center from Georgia, picking our first offensive lineman, a guy with a lot of experience, four-year starter, I think graded well from Pro Football Focus, productive guy, has some good tape out there. Foster Moreau, in-line, tight end from LSU. John Kaminsky, the upside, another kind of nickel rusher type who could play some edge too, maybe in the Michael Johnson role from Charleston probably a special teamer early in his career. Developmental tackle William Sweet, who has the measurables and the productivity and the experience from North Carolina. And then very athletic linebacker with some injury flags, Drew Tranquil from Notre Dame for our second linebacker at the end of the sixth round. I really like this. And people are going to say, well, we took some um, unnecessary picks, maybe with Hakeem Butler and Will Greer. But I think after getting Devin White and really locking down the, the, the last starting position that's open on this roster, uh, we were able to do that with Butler and Greer. And I love the upside of each guy because if they hit, man, it changes your offense for the future and in a big, big way. Uh, and afterwards, I think people are going to really like a mini hooker. I, you know, I think about this as Bengals fans are going to say what for a lot of these picks and then draft Twitter and, and draft analysts are going to go, Oh yeah. I love hooker. I love Sanders. I love Comiskey or Drew Tranquil or Foster Moreau and Hakeem Butler. So, uh, I think this would be a draft that people look back at and say, they got a lot of good players. So let us know what you think. Bengals fans. I think we hit the needs. We hit some depth needs. We have some guys for the future here. We got our own guys, too. And this is going to be something that the Bengals do in the later rounds. If they have their eyes on guys, they're going to pick their guys. Joe and I picked our guys here. And that's how the late rounds of the draft have to work. It has been wrong in the past for the Bengals with, you know, trading up for Russell Bodine, for example. But they've also gotten it right. Geno Atkins, Carl Lawson, uh, Marvin Jones, George Iloka. So they've hit some late round guys, too. So that will do it for Mock Draft Monday. We will get back to some positional reviews if the news isn't too crazy for the rest of the week. And then our mailbag is coming up. We'll be recording that on Thursday again. So we will get a tweet out later this week for you to get some mailbag questions in. Hope you've enjoyed Mock Draft Monday on Tuesday for the third time now. Maybe we'll have to come up with a new name. That's been your Lockdown Bengals podcast. Have a good one, Bengals fans. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.